Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and today's episode is sponsored by TendTask, the app and website designed to track and allocate the invisible labor happening in households across the world. For today's episode, I'm re-airing my interview with Felicia Kasheveroff and Aileen Kelly, the co-founders and best friends who created TendTask. This episode originally aired in early 2021, so you will hear some references to the pandemic, and a lot has changed for Ten Task since then that I'm excited to update you about. I want to read you what Felicia and Aileen said about how their app has evolved over the past few years. They say, quote, If you used the previous version of Tend, you know that it was built for women and caregivers to track and value their unpaid labor. Thousands of you learned just how hard you work to care for your families. It was eye-opening to make your invisible work visible, but now what? Women need more support. Men want to show up fully and authentically for their families and partners. But in households across the country, smart, loving, and capable couples fail to implement the changes they say they want. We redesigned TEND to use gender-neutral language and colors so that everyone feels welcome when using it. We focused on sharing, communication, and simplicity. We built the framework for a platform to help couples move beyond shared calendars and toward shared meaning. We also realized that technology may not be enough to disrupt the systems at play, so we built an optional coaching program that offers couples the opportunity to transform the way they live and work together. Couples will have the option to work one-on-one -on -one with skilled relationship coaches to define shared values, learn how to communicate, and build a life that works uniquely for them. We'll teach you how to use the app together, building momentum you can take into your everyday lives. This new version of TEND is born out of passion, research, and the application of evidence-based approaches to building happy homes and equitable partnerships. We can't wait to hear how it works for you. End quote. Sounds amazing, right? I'm so excited about the new updates to the TEND app and their offerings. So as you listen to this Encore episode about the mental load and unpaid labor that women shoulder in our society, keep in mind that this tool created by Felicia and Aileen is even more impactful now than it has ever been. And as sponsors of the podcast, they're offering us a discount on their new couples coaching aspect of this app, as well as a giveaway for some lucky 3 and 30 listeners to win free couples coaching. I'll include all of the details for the discount and the giveaway in the sponsor shoutouts partway through the episode, so be sure to listen to that. Many, many thanks to 10Task for sponsoring today's Encore episode. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Do you ever feel a bit crushed by and underappreciated for the mental load that you carry around as a mother? Remembering to register the kids for a summer camp or buy new seasonally appropriate clothes for them every few months, 
or address a behavioral issue that you see arising or a medical need, doing research on a therapist, a doctor, a sports team, or an opportunity you'd like them to be a part of. These are just a few examples of work that parents do behind the scenes to support their children, and often a large majority of this type of work falls on mothers, whether or not we are working outside the home. In today's episode, I'm so excited to introduce you to two women who are passionate about helping women get clarity and control around the mental load that they are carrying through a data-driven solution that makes this invisible labor quantifiable. Felicia and Aileen introduce themselves like this. Quote, we are two moms who have been best friends since seventh grade. That's 35 years for those keeping track. We were born 11 days apart. We got married within three weeks of each other. We have both been stay-at-home moms, and we have five children between us, ages 8 to 24. We have a combined 40 years of parenting highs and lows to pull from, which is why we are particularly well-qualified to do the work we are doing. That work is shining a light on all of the unpaid, overlooked, and often isolating work women do every day. We do this through our blog at tendtask.com and our mobile app, Tend task manager, and journal, end quote. I can't wait for these women to tell you more about their brilliant app and their three-step process that you can start today, if you'd like, in order to lighten your mental load. Here we go. Felicia and Aileen, welcome to 3 and 30. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you today about a topic that I think many moms are aware of in that they live it every day and they feel the weight of it but they maybe haven't put words to what it is, and that is the mental load. And I do think that more and more women are becoming aware of this term and what it means. And that is what I love about your app and the work that you're doing is you really help women get concrete about what this mental load is in their life and how to negate the weight that it brings to them. So thank you so much for your work. And can you just start off by defining for us what is the mental load? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, so the mental load describes all of the invisible work we do as caregivers. So it's anything that keeps a family running smoothly, like doctor's appointments, helping with homework, after school activities, household administration, you know, all of the things that don't really make it on your to-do list. They're, they're mm. not tangible, so they're invisible. So that's how we define the mental load. And it consumes a lot of our time and our mental energy. And as all of us moms know, the studies show that this work falls overwhelmingly to us. And it really has an impact on our mental health, our self-worth, our ability to compete professionally if we are working outside of the home. It's it's a real challenge. Yes. And you all have intimate experience with, you have five children between you, right? Mm -hmm. And years and years of mothering. So when did you first become aware of the mental load and really decide that you wanted to do something about it? professionally even? Well, I think, you know, I became aware of the mental load uh, throughout my experience as a parent, but it wasn't until my kids started getting older. So I have three kids, they are all teenagers now. And, you know, once I started thinking about transitioning back to the workforce, I thought about, well, what about all this work? Like this work has made me a better person, more mm -hmm. diligent, more efficient, um, more thoughtful about my time, but it's, it's invisible. So I can't, I can't put it on a resume. It. Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. So um, at that point, it was probably about three or four years ago, Aileen and I started having this conversation 
about what it would have looked like if we had taken the time over our parenting journey to keep track of the work we had done. And then what, yeah. what would it look like if lots of women did that? Yeah, it's such a brilliant concept. And Aileen, how old are your children now? And what has your experience been with the mental load? My children are 25 is my older. And then my younger one is nine because I do not multitask. <laughs> so my mental load has been, I think, a little bit different. It's been more, it hasn't been, I never had children squabbling in the back seat. Uh-huh. I never had having to rush from, I had to rush from like preschool to college, you yeah. know, but the, the mental load for me has just been something that has, um, it has been work that I have loved, but it has also been something that, like Felicia said, going back into the workforce, feeling like I can't put it on a resume. I can't, all of this work, all of these things that I have learned, all of these skills that I have built, I am Mm -hmm. so much calmer. I am so much more willing to listen to a problem all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Because of your years as a mom has given you those skills. Yeah. Of of being able to just go, all right, everybody needs to have their little say and then Mm -hmm. we're done. And then that's, you know, so I think that, that that's been, that's been sort of my experience. Yeah. Well, in this podcast today, we are going to talk about how to lighten the mental load in three steps. And you know, I love that three steps. (laughs) So why don't you get us started with our first takeaway? I love that this is so concrete that they can start doing today in order Mm -hmm. to lighten their mental load. Okay. So the first action you would do is you would begin tracking the work that you do. The detailed time study of every task you do each day and how many times you did it and how long each task took. So I know this sounds, it sounds like a lot, but it's easier than you think. So Mm -hmm. for me, I'm hardest on myself at the end of the day. I lay in bed and it's usually a mess with toys and books and unfolded laundry. And I think, I feel like a loser. What did I get done today? Mm. The house is messier now than it was this morning. I, I don't know who's been showered. And it's never a good way to go to sleep. And what interesting thing is during the pandemic, I really started feeling that way. These endless, amorphous, what day is it? What time is it? Days. So I started keeping track of everything that I did each day. And for some people, your journey is going to stop there. The lightning, the mental load will be there. Some moms just need to see concrete evidence of all they got done that day. And the progress is being made, even though it seems like we're just running to be late. Yeah, because this really gives women a sense for how much they really do, right? It gives them credit, a sense of credit that like, Mm -hmm. look at everything I did. And you found in your research, how much unpaid work are women doing in a typical day? In a typical day, we're seeing about seven hours. Which is wild. I mean, that's another full-time job. (laughs) Yes. And the thing is too, is that if you're looking at an average of seven, we have women who might be doing four hours and then we have women who might be doing 10 Mm-hmm. You know, especially yeah. depending upon the age of your kids and how many kids you have in your family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and one thing that I have loved, a concept I have loved, I didn't come up with this. I learned it from a counselor whose name is Dr. Julie Hanks. And she said, instead of making a to do list, make a to do list. Oh, I love it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love that play on words. Like, we feel like at the end of the day, what did I even get done? But the idea of making a like, ta-da, I look yep. at everything I did, mm-hmm. you know, is mm-hmm. amazing Absolutely. to start tracking so that they get a sense for just how much they are actually getting done in a day. 
And we're so used to tracking so much of our lives. We wear Fitbits. We put together food diaries. We track our menstrual cycles. We This is something, this is not a new behavior for us, especially as women. When you've got little tiny babies, I know there are apps that are so granular where you're like, how often did you feed and how much went in the baby and how long did they sleep? So these are not new behaviors. We call it the, it's not a to-do list. It's a got done list. Yes. That's yes. what you're making. Absolutely. And Felicia, what has your experience been with this step? Yeah. So like many of our users, I was really surprised at the amount of time that I spent on things. I think I had more kindness for myself as a younger mom of younger kids, just knowing like the physical toll and the the hands-on work that it takes. But you know, being a parent of older kids and teenagers, like the mental load is real, that's Mm. for sure. And the time it takes to interact with, you know, the kids after school programs or talk to their teachers or making sure they have the right classes or they're applying for college, um, dealing with mental health issues, especially right now, it's massively time consuming. So I was very surprised even myself, it's it's funny because we've spent, you know, years working on this and talking about this, and we still struggle with it ourselves. We still don't give ourselves the same level of graciousness and care that we suggest women give themselves. So it's an <laughs> yeah. ongoing process, but it is really, it is a really beautiful task to do to honor your work that way and really mm-hmm. shine a light on it and make it visible. Yeah, we call it practical self-care. Right. Mm. So it's a form of self-care, but it's practical self-care. It's a way of taking time for yourself, getting to know yourself, getting to know what you're doing, what's happening in your life. And recognizing and celebrating everything that you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And one yeah. thing that I really love, Felicia, from what you just said is that the mental load I often think of the mental load as the tasks, all of the tasks that we do as moms, but the mental load is also all of the things that we worry about, all of the things that we carry. When you said, you know, with teenagers, the mental load, you know, I'm sure you're worrying about peer relationships and if they're rebelling and what they're getting into and how to manage their cell phone use and all those things. We found it really interesting. We looked back at the most time consuming tasks that our users logged in 2020. And that was number one was discipline. And that is truly the definition of invisible labor, right? Because it's, It's critical. It's a critical part of parenting. And we all struggle with how to do it right, how to find the right balance of understanding your kids' needs and holding boundaries and teaching them skills to become good adults. But it's time consuming and it's hard Mm. and it changes, you know, with each kid and with each stage. So, yeah, we do include things like that because there is this notion that the load that we're carrying as moms is laundry and dishes and clutter. And those things are real and and significant, but the actual mental work that we do is also really impactful Yeah, and can sometimes be even harder on us. Yeah. And when you mentioned discipline, I think for me, so much of my discipline is conversations, heartfelt conversations. Discipline is maybe a, I think of a harsh, you know, like putting them in their room or spanking them or something. But good discipline, as we know, the research shows, is actually taking the time to have those heartfelt conversations and talk through their emotions with them and all those things that really are the most important work of motherhood and should count. 
Exactly. And yet, when at the end of the day, when you're laying there and you're thinking, what did I even get done today? It's like, well, I had a really important conversation with my child about boundaries or about consent or about how we treat our friends or all those things. And that should be logged somewhere and we should be giving credit to ourselves. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by TendTask, the app and website designed to track and allocate the invisible labor happening in households across the world, and you're listening to the founders of this app being interviewed on the show today. I love how Tend says they merge meaningful support in day-to-day duties with our sincere desire to show up for the people in our lives. The newest version, TendTask 3.0, includes optional coaching for couples who want to improve their organizational systems to bring their relationship to a more connected, emotionally satisfying place. I don't know any partnership that doesn't need that, and TendTask is making a special 3 and 30 offer to listeners of the podcast. They are giving away three tune-up coaching packages valued at $500 each and offering a 30% discount on any coaching package through the end of the year. To enter the contest and to find out more about Tend's new couples coaching packages, simply go to tendtask.com slash three and thirty, that's T-E-N-D-T-A-S-K, and sign up for their newsletter before December first. That's it. So simple and it could truly change your partnership in your life. That's T-E-N-D-T-A-S-K dot com slash three and thirty. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Every year, one of my greatest hopes is to enjoy the holiday season as much as possible, soak in golden moments with my kids, and not let the stress get the best of me. This week's guests have fabulous suggestions for lightening your mental load, and I want to add going to therapy as one of the best ways to do this. I'm grateful to have my therapy appointments already on the calendar so that I know I have someone to process holiday stress and the other feelings that inevitably come up this time of year. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash 3in30. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3in30. So after we do this tracking, what's the next step? Yeah, so the next step that we recommend is to assess. So now you've tracked your work. Now you have an opportunity to think about how these varying tasks make you feel. What's the response you get when you see a sink full of dishes? Some people are like, yes, that is a concrete task I can accomplish now. At the end of it, my sink will be clean and I feel great. Some people look at it with absolute dread, right? Mm -hmm. So assess how these varying tasks make you feel. Again, you can do this with pencil and paper. You can do it in a spreadsheet on Google Docs. But we think this is a really critical part, especially if you want to take it to the next level. So this is knowledge, right? The tracking gives you the data. This is now a deeper level of knowledge about how things make you feel. It's the reflection piece. Exactly. Exactly. The reflection piece is so important. Then once you've done that, you can kind of take a a look at your day. Are 80% of your tasks draining you and 20% are filling you up? You're going to be an empty vessel there at the Mm -hmm. end of the week, right? 
So this gives you that next level of knowledge about how your day is structured, right? So a lot of people ask us, well, what's the point of tracking your work? Like, why would somebody do this? And this is the reason is that so you can evaluate how you spend your time because it is your most valuable resource. Mm -hmm. And so knowing how various tasks make you feel allows you to evaluate at a deeper level. Mm. And you're so right. I have a sister who literally abhors laundry. Like it is her most dreaded task. I don't really mind laundry, you know? So different women, different people are going to have different things that really drain them for whatever reason. Whereas for other women, it's not that big of a deal. So getting some real understanding around what your things are, the things that you don't mind that much versus the things that are really heavy for you, then you can start to make some concrete decisions about what you're going to do with those tasks, which I think leads really well into your third action here, right? Absolutely. So our third action is delegate or delete. And that's a tough one. So Mm -hmm. we always say remain calm. It's okay. So after spending time recording and assessing how you spend your time, it's time to make some deductions based on your data. Data doesn't have a viewpoint, an opinion, and it's not moral. So there's no sense of like your data is telling you're a bad person, you're not doing enough, you're doing too much. It's just data. That's all. It's just sitting there. That's it. So we one of the examples is 13 trips to the store in 14 days is nothing more than a data point. What you do with the information is what matters. So for you personally, maybe all those trips to the store are fine. Maybe they fill your tank. Maybe you like it. Keep them. But if you hate the store and yet you're spending hours a week there, is there something you can do about it? Can you afford to order your groceries online or have them delivered? After my dad passed away, I did that for a few months and it was enormously helpful. And it turns out other people pick out better watermelon. They just do. I kept getting watermelons going, this is delicious. Oh my gosh. And there was one woman who picked out a pineapple that was so delicious. I like wrote it in the Instacart comments. I was like, someone needs to know about this. (laughs) (laughs) So it's taking some stuff off your plate. So the point of this step is to take the information you have gathered and make some changes. Here is another opportunity for your partner to step in and help. Maybe he drives by the store every day on his way home from work. See if he is willing to do that task. Mm -hmm. It's opening up conversations about all the unseen work that is needed to keep the family going. It can be scary. It can be difficult. But you don't have to go into the conversation with vague assertions about how hard you work. You have data. Yeah, You're not standing there at 9 o'clock at night, flinging glasses of Chardonnay, losing your mind. This might be something that really happened. (laughs) I was going to say, that's rather specific. It sounds like that may be from personal experience. (laughs) Maybe. What is it? Asking for a friend? Yeah. Um, It's a way to say to your partner, I would like to sit down and have a little family meeting about that. Here are your data points. Here are my data points. Let's start having some conversations. So helpful for your partner to actually be able to see and maybe have an even deeper appreciation for everything that you do. I know when I was a brand new stay-at-home mom, 
I would sometimes purposely, like I'd put my to-do list or I'd even write it after the fact and put it on the fridge just so he could see it. Like, these are all the things that I did. And not that I had a partner that was coming home saying, what did you do all day? Because he never would have said that. But it was just nice for me to know that he knew and he could Mm -hmm. say, oh, look at everything you got done today. Thank you. Or kind of acknowledge it. So, right. Because you're not getting, you're not getting a paycheck. You're not getting a you're not getting a job title. You're not getting an advance. You're not getting promoted. You're not getting a little party. So how yes, is anybody totally. supposed to know what you're doing? Yeah. So even just bringing your data to your partner and saying, look, I discovered that I'm doing this many hours of work and just having them sort of appreciate and celebrate you is really powerful. Mm-hmm. I've also heard that the same is true for acknowledging everything that your partner's doing. Yes. So, so many women think my partner doesn't do anything. But exactly. when you get them to actually track what they're doing, they are also doing mm-hmm. invisible work that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And so when they bring their list, you may be like, oh, wow, he's actually contributing a lot more than I realized. Or maybe there's still this imbalance, but we can work through it. But it gives you a concrete place to really appreciate each other and everything that you're contributing to the family. It's not who does more. It's who does what. Because sometimes what happens is you'll see, I didn't know you were doing that much. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that every three weeks there's this horrible report that has to be written. And mm. and all of a sudden you've got four extra hours. How can yeah. I support you? How can I be there for you? And then when they say, okay, when I'm not on the report treadmill, I have this extra time. I'm willing to switch it and do something different. Yeah. I think having these conversations when you're both in a really good place emotionally, mentally, not when you're super tired late at night can be a really valuable way to affirm each other. Has that been your experience, Felicia, with this topic? Yeah, I think this is such a critical point and one that often gets overlooked is this idea of having open, honest conversations with your partner about this work. Mm. People often ask us, you know, is this going to make my partner angry or is my partner going to hate me because I bring this to them? And and we think, we think the opposite is true. We think that communication is the pillar of a healthy relationship mm. and we're here to actually save some marriages. And the point you bring up is so critical about seeing your partner's invisible work too. We don't give men, you know, we're talking in very gendered terms here about kind of traditional roles, but we don't give men the space to talk about how things make them feel and what work they're doing behind the scenes and what they worry about. And that is equally important. And so our goal isn't let's shove this in my husband's face. Our goal is let's come together. Let's be seen as a team. We're the team. Aileen says this all the time. We're the team. The work is the enemy or the work is the goal (laughs) to be accomplished, right? And we are in a partnership and we have Mm -hmm. to find the balance that works best for us. And if you're not having the conversation about that, if you're not addressing it in an open way, then you're going to build resentment. Yes, for sure. Totally. Yeah. And you said another option here, if we can't delegate tasks, we can delete them. Yes. How do we go about doing that? I think that delete's a hard one. So, you know, deep breath, because when we're talking about deleting a task, what we're saying is I'm not going to engage in this societal dance anymore. I'm not going to do this. 
Society says that I should send out holiday cards and I hate them and I never want to do them again. (laughs) And then you have to delete them because you look over at your partner and your partner goes, I think they're stupid too. And then you go, we're not doing them. So checking your data. And this is a part where you can really talk to your partner because sometimes your partner will say, they'll agree with you. They'll say, I I don't think that this is necessary. And then you can go, okay, then let's get rid of it. The kids don't seem to like this particular activity. And you can talk to your kids too. You can almost have a family meeting if you have older children. Obviously, you're not going to be sitting there talking to your two-year-old going, do you really need to go to that play group? I don't think you do. But (laughs) you can do that with seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds. If you really want to go to soccer, then someone's got to clean this yard. Because I can't go to your soccer games and get this yard cleaned out, especially during big weather changes. So, mm-hmm. you know, you start, there's delegate and delete kind of in the same thing. Where the ultimate goal is to bring everybody under the umbrella. Everybody into the team. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, that's one yeah. of the things. It's like, if you and your partner are fighting over a dirty toilet, why are you, who's taking the side of the dirty toilet? What's going on? <laughs> No, 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 no. We don't do that. We go, okay, the dirty toilet is the enemy. How are we going to defeat it? Yeah. (laughs) How are you and I, two adults who managed to get themselves dressed this morning, going to defeat this thing? Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Well, this three-step process, I think, could help a lot of women get clarity around their mental load and start to figure out how to lighten it. Mm -hmm. And I think it is just brilliant that you've created this app. I wouldn't have the beginning clue how to create an app. So that's amazing that you've done this. And where can women find the app? Where can they find more of your work and learn more from you? So people can find us on our website at tendtask.com. You can also download the app there. There's a link to both Google Play and the App Store. We're also on social media at tendtask. Perfect. Well, thank you, ladies, for coming on 3 and 30. And I know a lot of women are going to walk away with some concrete tools today. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. Well, my friend, I hope you're walking away from listening to that conversation, feeling deeply seen for the invisible load that you're carrying, as well as deeply hopeful for some action steps forward. Don't forget to sign up for the Tend Task newsletter by December 1st in order to be entered to win a free couples coaching package to help you and your partner start working through this conversation about the mental load and equity in family life. Just go to tendtask.com slash 3 and 30 to enter the giveaway, and I'll put that link in the show notes. As a recap, these are Felicia and Aileen's suggestions for how to lighten your mental load. First, track what you do every day. Write down everything you do and how long it took so you can get a concrete idea of where you're spending your time and how much you're actually getting done each day, even when it feels like you're getting nothing done each day. Second, assess your data. Go over your got done list and mark next to each task whether it filled your tank or drained it. If you're finding your day is 80% draining and 20% fulfilling, that could be a good place to start thinking about how you're spending your days and how you can rework it. It's also very helpful to bring your data to a trusted friend or partner and have them look over it with you and help you to see where you could make some changes to lighten your load, which leads perfectly into our third takeaway, delete or delegate tasks that are adding too much weight to your mental load. 
Essential to this step will be having a conversation with your partner if you have one to find out what they can take on or what you can choose together to cut out completely. Remember, you're on the same team and the work that needs to be tackled is the enemy. To help you navigate this conversation, TEND has a new couples coaching program. And remember that you can enter to win a free coaching package by going to tendtask.com slash three and 30. Friends, you are doing so much more than you realize. I hope you finish every day feeling like a rock star and acknowledging all the little things you did for your family that maybe couldn't appear on a to-do list, but actually mattered so much more than that. Be sure to check out the Tend app if this is something that you think could help you. And please always remember that I'm rooting for you and I hope you have a great week with your family. Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.